No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Welcome, everybody, to episode number seven of the Battle Nets Fans Podcast. I am your host, Danny Granada, and I am here to talk about the last three games in the last three games since the last time we spoke. And uh, the Nets two and one should have probably been three, you know, and uh, each game with its own storyline, I guess. First game beat the Raptors rather comfortably. Ended up with just one loss in the playing tournament, but weren't able to uh, get in because of a tiebreaker, which actually I don't mind that rule at all, the whole uh, point differential. I know a lot of people were hating the way that some teams were trying to run up the score at the end, but I kind of like it. I like that they were playing all the way to the 48th minute. Uh, then we had that game against the Hornets. Felt like it should have been a win, uh, and I'll go over that Cam Johnson open look at the uh, winning streak and uh yeah it, it's all in all a, a decent week all with that hiccup in the middle with the hornets and, and i guess we'll get into it uh not too much to talk about i guess with the raptors game i felt like it was a pretty good overall game uh mikhail bridges had 22 points 10 rebounds five assists uh spencer dinwiddie 23 9 and 8 like the the game overall like i said it was, it was a good game nick claxton was a plus 20 with 15 and 8 rebounds i think the craziest thing about this season is how we're leading the league in rebounds. Like, that was always the Achilles heel of this team. It felt like, I mean, just about always. I, the, the big three era. I think even the the, the culture nets weren't necessarily a, a great off of rebounding team. But, but this year, they're banging on the boards. Uh is getting in there for the rebounds. Mikhail Bridges is hustling for boards. Dennis Smith Jr., I think, is a great rebounding guard. And it's just really nice to see everybody hustling to get those rebounds. And when you are... Uh, uh, all in on the three ball. I mean, it's important to get those offensive rebounds, those second chance opportunities, and we're getting a lot of those. We're getting a lot of those. So, but again, not too much to talk about the the Raptors game. A good overall effort. We beat them. Uh, I mean, we basically just ran that whole game from beginning to end, which was nice to see. And um, at that point, we were what uh, nine and eight. We had just gotten over five hundred by one game, and we were feeling pretty good because the Hornets are coming into town. Now, before we get to the Hornets game, we lost only one game in the playing in tournament. And um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't make it to the playing tournament. I was looking forward to those games. I think it's going to be pretty cool that everybody's going to be watching those games. Uh, I know that it's technically for nothing, right? The way people are looking at it if you win it. But, um, you know, it still gives you something different to watch. Usually people say that the Christmas is really the first day of the game, or it's first day of the year when people really start to pay attention to the NBA. Uh, so it was nice to see something different. Uh, over, overall, I like the tournament. I like the the point differentials being the tiebreaker. I like that players are trying to score. I mean, they, in that Toronto Raptors game, we won by, I want to say it was 12 points. Uh, I, I think it was 12 points. But somebody from the Raptors hit a game, uh, not a game winning, I'm sorry. They hit a three, uh, a garbage time three, right as the buzzer was going to sound. And we won by three points less. Now, it didn't end up mattering. But because of that three points less, the Orlando Magic had a plus one over us in the point differential. If it would have came down to a tiebreaker between the Orlando Magic and the Brooklyn Nets, we would have lost out because of that garbage time three that one of the Raptors players hit at the buzzer where nobody was playing defense anymore. And I think that that's interesting to look at that stuff because that's when you say you have to play every possession even to the last garbage time uh, three that the losing team might might take or hit. 
And um, again, it didn't end up mattering. But if it would have came down to that, that would have been an interesting thing. It would have been an interesting talking point because everybody would have been talking about that random garbage time three that the Nets players didn't even bother to defend. Uh, but again, we didn't make it, but we did win the game, which is the most important thing. And then we're going to the, to the Charlotte Hornets game. And that game was really weird because the Hornets felt like they just couldn't miss. And when it got to the fourth quarter, I thought that we would figure it out. I thought we would pull it out at some point. Cam Thomas, was that was his comeback game. He came off the bench. He scored 26 points uh, in, what was it, 24 minutes. So Cam Thomas was balling. But Terry Rozier was on a tear. Like, it felt like everything he put up, he was going to make. He, he was 7 from 9 from 3. And in that fourth quarter, there was nobody stopping him. Nick Claxton had him one-on-one. -on -one. Nick Claxton played great defense on him. Nick Claxton has a huge height advantage against him and it, nothing was stopping terry rosier and sometimes that's how it goes terry rosier just got his he got hot and the hornets kind of just rode that hot fourth quarter to a win um and even with that even with that the, the nets didn't play their best game they probably should have won and they still had a chance to win now when we talk about that last possession where the nets didn't call a timeout and instead they pushed the ball it was three on two spencer didn't we had the ball and a lot of people are saying that he should have taken it to the rim. Now, my thing about that is they, there were some Hornets defenders in the lane already. They were expecting him to take it to the rim. So if he goes and he takes it to the rim, one, it's going to be a contested layup. And everybody's like, oh, but he might get the call. He might get the free throws. Let's be real. Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, complains a lot to the refs, more than most NBA players. But in all actuality, he doesn't get many calls his way. I don't know if it's because he complains so much that the refs kind of just tired of him and they don't give him the calls. But I'm pretty sure that he wouldn't have gotten that call. So they got a wide-open three-point shot, which is probably from, if not the best shooter, one of the best shooters on the team. And it was a wide-open shot. I mean, you, you can't ask for more. When you have an opportunity at a game-winning shot, I mean, and you have a good shooter taking a wide-open three, I mean, you take that nine times or well, ten times out of ten really and cam johnson just didn't get it to go uh it's frustrating loss i feel like we should have won but we lost that one and then we were slated to host the orlando magic now the thing with the magic i don't know how the hell they're playing so well apparently is everybody saying it's their defense their size they are really good like out of the last 12 games they've only lost two of them now, granted, those two are against the Brooklyn Nets, which is pretty cool if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. But they're good. And in that stretch, they haven't just beaten nobody's. They beat the Celtics. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Denver Nuggets, the defending champs. Like, they've won some solid games. Now, it was a, on a second night of a back-to-back, -back, so definitely had an advantage. But the story of the game was Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges dropped 42 points. And, I mean... That first quarter, he dropped 26 points. And I think my favorite part of that first quarter was that he was looking for the ball. You could see him asking for the ball. And his teammates were looking to give him the ball. He was being aggressive. And what Mikael Bridges needs to become an all-star is to take the ball aggressively to the rim, to start getting to the free throw line. Because that's what all-stars do. When things aren't working or just to push the issue, you get to the free throw line. All the big guys do it. All the stars do it. And Mikael Bridges... Got to the line a career high 18 times. He was 15 for 18 from the free throw line. That's all-star numbers. Like, that's what you need from your all-stars. And Mikael Bridges was being very aggressive.
Now I love what I saw. Twenty six points in the um, in the first quarter. Uh, he came in halfway through the second quarter. He added a couple. I think he ended up with like thirty four in the half by halftime. And I mean, it's kind of disappointing to know that he only ended up with forty two at the end of the game. I thought that he would end up with fifty, honestly. But once the third quarter came around, the Nets had that comfortable lead, and then the Magic started making a run. And, I mean, it went from a 21-point lead, 22-point lead, to all of a sudden an 8-point lead. And I started getting a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. And I started getting frustrated because I felt like third quarter, Mikael Bridges is finally in the game, and he's not asking for the ball. And it ended up working out. And I'm glad, you know, because Dinwiddie is one of those players that can really frustrate you sometimes. Because Dinwiddie, I felt like he was taking the ball, the game into his hands. And it worked out. He had, like, 9 points in a row. And every time that the the... the Felt like the Magic were gaining some momentum. Dinwiddie would hit a big shot. So it worked out. But I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I was yelling at him as he was dribbling out the ball. Yelling, please give the ball to Mikhail. Give the ball to Bridges. But he wasn't being aggressive asking for the ball. He let Dinwiddie get the ball. And, I mean, in all honesty, it worked out. And I'm kind of glad. I mean, of course, hindsight's 20-20. But I'm kind of glad that everybody is contributing on this team. Dinwiddie can go off sometimes. Mikael Bridges showed that he can now go off. And Cam Thomas is just, he's a bucket. He's a, he's, a, he's a walking bucket. And I love to watch Cam Thomas. Now, one thing about Cam Thomas, yes, he's a walking bucket, like I said. But I really love that he's finding guys when he's driving to the rim. This team is going to be really hard to beat. If they're hitting their threes the way they are, they're leading the league in rebounding, and they're being aggressive taking it into the hole. Because when they take it into the paint, they are dishing. They're finding open teammates. They're cutting backdoor cuts, uh, picking. Like it's just really good to see the way they are distributing the ball, the way they're being aggressive, but make, finding open shooters because of these aggressive takes. In the beginning of the year, everybody was giving Ben Simmons all the credit for the three for leading the league in three point percentages. Which I'm, I mean, I'm not going to take that away from him. That's what he does. That's what he did in Philadelphia. But let's be real. The whole team is playing like that. And the team overall right now, in three-point percentage, the Brooklyn Nets are second in the league with 39%. The only team shooting a better percentage than in, in three-point is OKC. So this team is leading the league in rebounds. I want to say it's leading the league in offensive rebounds. No, it's not. Nowhere near, actually. It's in eighth place in offensive rebounds. But it is leading the league in overall rebounds. And they're shooting lights out from three. I mean, that's a recipe for success in this league, especially this day and age. Now, if we can get Cam Thomas to play like Cam Thomas, but distribute when he can, when he sees an open pass, don't take the bad shot. And I know Cam Thomas doesn't think he takes bad shots, and he doesn't because he makes them a lot. But if he can go ahead and not force the issue and distribute the ball, if Mikel Bridges can keep being consistently aggressive and getting to the line, if Nick Claxton keeps improving, because Nick Claxton is playing great this year. If De'Ron Sharp can keep developing his game, De'Ron Sharp is a monster this year. Those offensive class, the offensive boards that he keeps grabbing, the spin move that he had in that game against the Magic, I don't know where that came from, but De'Ron Sharp, the last couple of years, I've been saying, I'm not a big De'Ron Sharp guy, but he has completely changed my tune. De'Ron Sharp is that guy to play behind Nick Claxton. I'm loving what I'm seeing from De'Ron Sharp. Dennis Smith Jr. also... Had a great game yesterday off the bench. 10 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists in just 20 minutes. This whole team from top to bottom is contributing. Royce O'Neal, not his best game yesterday, but Royce O'Neal has been playing lights out also over the last couple of weeks, especially from three, from three. And 
when you take into account that Dorian Finney-Smith didn't play, Ben Simmons is still out, and I don't really have too much to say about Ben Simmons. I hate to say it, I like Ben Simmons, and I really wish that he would be healthy. Now, some people kill him because they say that he's not trying. Some people say that it's, it's, it's all BS. They're just trying to collect a check. Other people say that it is and that people should feel bad for him. I don't really know what to think, honestly. I, I feel bad for the guy, honestly. And, I mean, when I think about the Brooklyn Nets, I almost think about them like he's not part of the team. Because, I mean, at this point, like, you can't really even count on him staying healthy. Um, so, it's unfortunate because, man, he he has his basketball IQ as far as dishing the ball and, and when he's aggressive and things are going well. I mean, he's really good, but um, he just can't stay healthy. And with back problems, who knows? How much of a career he has left but uh i don't really have too much to say about that i mean i guess i'll talk about him again if he ever does officially come back and get healthy uh but all in all again this team 10 and 9 despite all the injuries they've faced they have a, a pretty soft schedule coming up um they have two games during this in tournament break coming up they go and they play in atlanta on wednesday so they have a nice long break coming up and then they play uh, they host the Washington Wizards on Friday before they go out on that West Coast trip. Uh, so hopefully these next two games they can get them, get to 12-9 and nine before this, this West Coast trip because West Coast trips are difficult as it is. And on the West Coast, they'll be playing against Sacramento Kings, which is one of the best teams in the West. They'll take a visit to KD in Phoenix. Then they play the defending champs, the Denver Nuggets. Then they go to Golden State and play the Warriors on December 16th. Then they play the Jazz on the 18th. So that's a five-game West Coast road trip before they head back home to host the New York Knicks on December 20th. So a big seven games coming up, right? Two, which I feel like they should take, and then that five-game grueling road trip. But um, we'll see how things are from here to then. Again, I'm impressed. I'm happy with what I've seen so far. Mikael Bridges, again, just keep being aggressive. Get to the free throw line. Get those easy buckets. That's what all-stars do. And, my friend, if you are going to do that, you are going to be an all-star. And that new celebration, they said something about Twitter fingers. I could dig that. I haven't killed them on Twitter. I know a lot of people have. I mean, I know that everybody's saying that he hasn't lived up to expectations. I mean, we don't, who set those expectations, though? I guess technically we did. He's averaging 22 points a game. Right now, it might be higher because he had those that 40-burger. So I don't know how many points he's averaging right now. But... um Look, uh, I'm good with what he's given us so far. If He's he's averaging 22.8 points a game right now. If you think about the starting five, I think the Nets have found their starting five. When you have Spencer Dinwiddie running the point, Cam Thomas at the shooting guard, small forward Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson at that, small, at that power forward slash small forward, right, because he's not really that big. And then you have Nick Claxton. I mean, pick your poison. Outside of Nick Claxton, everybody can shoot. They can all take the ball to the to the hole. They can all dish. Cam Johnson is on the outside waiting for that three-point shot. I mean, this is a deadly lineup right here. I'm, I'm really loving what I'm seeing. Uh, everybody that's killing John Vaughn, everybody's jumping on him way too early, killing him for that last possession against the Hornets. You got to open three-point shot. What more can you ask for? That's, that's what you want. I mean, personally, I would have taken the timeout. But you got to open three-point shot. You can't complain, man. So, again, the team is looking good, in my opinion, 10-9. and nine. I still think I've been saying this since before, and I still think there'll be a top six team. And um, let's see how things keep rolling. I'll, I'll be back after this two game, uh, this two game uh, 
I guess it's not a road trip. These two games against Atlanta and Washington, and hopefully we're talking about a two-game winning streak or three-game winning streak at that point. So until the next one, have a good one.